0: The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War. Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussion with the best players on the planet. Your hosts, Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Nick
1: Nanavati and John Damaris.
2: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Art of War podcast. I'm your host, John Damaris, and joining us this week is the esteemed John Lennon, fresh off his Dallas Open victory. And our guest this week is Thomas Ogden, who's going to talk all about Dark Angels and how he easily dispatches with Drakari which I'm very excited to hear all about. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead, introduce Thomas, and then um, we'll get into a little discussion about some DA.
1: Absolutely. Thomas is fresh off of his victory at the uh, the Red River GT. Do I have that name right? Yep. Absolutely. And uh, came out with a uh, non-internet standard Dark Angelist, so I'm super excited uh, to talk about it. I know Dark Angels came out with a lot of fanfare, never got the results that a lot of people were expecting them to be, and uh, now we have, you know, in the middle of the Dark Elder Winter, we have Dark Angels coming out with a victory. I'm super excited to talk to Thomas and uh, hear how he did it. Welcome on the show, Thomas.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be in here and chat with you guys about some Dark Angels and uh, sounds. Yeah, we're
2: we're, we're going to rock and roll this, but before we get started, I would be remiss if I didn't remind all of our dear listeners that this is episode one, our strategy discussion, where we're going to talk about what's in Thomas's list, why it's in the list, what else he considered to put in the list. You can think about it as our macro discussion. And then in episode two, which is available to patrons or through the Art of War Uh, 40k website um, We will get into the dirty details of optimal play with the list We'll actually talk about matchups and all of that fun stuff. Okay, John go ahead. Take us away. Let's get started
1: All right, so just to kick this thing off
2: Thomas Why don't you just give us
1: a quick rundown what units are in your list and uh, what upgrades they got?
2: Oh, yeah, well uh,
0: first off uh, I run two talent masters um, just a standard loadout, no upgrades on them. It's gonna be uh, two twin linked guns on there. You're gonna have the twin linked saw cannons, twin linked heavy bolters. So you're looking at 18 shots there. Um, they're pretty good because they hit on uh, twos. That's why I really like about them. So they're really good for dispatching horde. Um, going in there, um, I like to run s- uh, uh, Sammy. But at the to GT, we're gonna discuss on this side, I ran and uh, I can think. I, I just got talking t- 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 to it there. I apologize for that. My uh, chap went on bike. Uh, Ezekiel. Azrael, uh, three attack bikes with multi-meltas, one bike squad uh, with an attack bike attached with a multi meltas two Landspeeder Vengeance's, and uh, three Death uh, Company uh, command squads.
1: Yep, and there's an Apothecary in there as well, right?
0: Oh, yep, and the Apothecary. Do you apologize for that? My Apothecary and bike. Okay. Oh, so,
1: uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, so uh, a lot, a lot of raven in this list. You've got the nine attack bikes. You've even got a, a bike squad, a healthy selection of named characters. The Speeder Vengeance, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, but not nearly as heavy on the Terminators as is traditional. Uh, just the, the three Terminator command squads. But those guys are still pretty useful.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I always tell my opponents I play them, I basically play Hero Hammer. And they're used to basically protect my... Uh wide array of characters and uh they're pretty much in my opinion like the linchpin of my list actually
1: okay i can see it uh, I, i've used the uh the terminator Grants once as well in some of my dark angel lists but i usually have the bigger terminator bricks you have gone completely without them in favor of a lot more fast moving units from those Raven Mike.
0: 100 um When i was finding out when i first started playing against some of the new meta um with the the brick and then i, I also like to use the character that gave me the minus one damage um most times I play against good players, they would just ignore that brick. And especially when you play like uh, missions ones that have the objective spread out, it was just too hard to catch up. And uh, when they can pretty much kill everything else, but that 500 points, it's pretty much GG at that point.
1: Okay, right on. Well, I really liked it. Um, I like that you've, you know, you've brought in a good number of characters. Um, just to kind of, I guess, get started here. How do you normally like to play the army? So just, you know, in general, what are the basic tactics with this army?
0: Um... Well, I, I generally depend on the, the matchup uh, who I'm playing against. The terrain um, determines a lot how I play um, and also which secondaries I choose. Um, but uh, I like to play very uh, bully list with it, so I like to be a very aggressive. Um, a lot of the players I play with, they always talk about the YOLO plays I make a lot. Um, if I see an opportunity, I go for it. As long as like the, the statistics are slightly on my side on that. Um, I feel... Uh, in ninth edition, most people try to play uh, max their points, and if they can not interact with their opponent, they they'll choose to do so because it just gives them a better chance of getting their points. Um, I try to play as 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 much in the, my opponent's faces as I can. And I do keep in mind when I say that I don't want people to think, "Oh, this guy sounds like uh, an a hole." That's not the case. Like uh, I try to play very like gentlemanly. I try to play by intent. I don't do any gotchas whatsoever. Um, but I I try to from the get-go i'm trying to put you on your heels and keep you there not let you be comfortable in the match at all and and, and try to not only maximize my points but to, to strip you of yours
1: okay makes a lot of sense and definitely that is the right way to play there so
2: you've got a lot of
1: speed in here um, Hold
2: on, is oh. it okay if, if i ask a real quick question i i, I would just want to build on the fact that you have a lot of speed when you say you you're, you're going to play aggressive are you, i'm trying to imagine how the you know, I know it's going to be terrain dependent and and scenario dependent, but are you sort of spreading out and going all out, or are you using that speed to like concentrate fire on like a weak flank or something to really punish somebody? Um, you know what I mean? To like hurt them? Like, are, like how how do you normally play? Or I'm I'm just trying to imagine the game plan.
0: Um, well, once again, it is dependent on who I'm playing against, the army they playing, in the terrain, and secondaries, of course. Um, but generally uh, I like the, the Voltron So um, I will play sort of castled um, Because I do have Azrael with the 4++ um, And then the Fiona Pain As I try to stack with most of my units as possible um, But the the good thing about uh, Ravenwing Is that their, their speed is so good That I can deploy in the castle And whether I go first or second I can do a lot of things from pregame movement To double movement if I need to uh, and just Voltron out and try to and, and punish you. So um, it's one of the few armies out there that I can literally have the same deployment almost every game, but drastically change once I've seen how you deployed.
1: Gotcha, okay. Do you ever use that uh, that Ravenwing scout move just to uh, get a little bit of an edge turn one, or do you just like to at least initially keep that army together?
0: Um, uh, that also depends if I go first or not, but uh, I generally use that quite a bit against Trukari, actually. Um depending on where they put a few raiders that has the the character slash units that i want to get rid of and focus on um it's very hard to hide from from uh, raven so um if they try to put I'll tell, like if i play against chester or someone else and they and they deploy certain raiders okay this guy is out of this way if you move 23 inches which is about your maximum distance with this bike squad you can't get line of sight on him get first turn pop a stratagem, move him up there now they're within range or have enough movement to to get what I want so it's not often i use that because um, you can only use it once and it is a little bit pricey uh, but depending on the matchup I absolutely will pull that strategy out
1: okay awesome uh, i like all of the different tricks that you have here um something that uh i want to highlight uh, to the viewers because um this is actually something that i didn't think about at first when uh you know when you have this army um dark angels actually have a couple different ways to fall back and shoot right so like you you think of like these bike squads being, you know, not just directly charging people, but they can be relatively aggressive close to the enemy. It's not an immediate loose scenario, If you know, if Dark Elder Raiders just fly and tag you, there's actually a couple different ways for them to fall back and keep shooting, making it a little better at playing that aggressive game.
0: Yeah, um, you, you, two, you have two main ways. You have the traditional one out of the Space Rain Codex. Um, you have one that if... So if the biggest thing about Dark Angels, and this is what I really love about them with my units, because when you look at my armies, like, well, that's not a powerhouse in melee. But I absolutely, absolutely um, am a big player in the melee phase. Uh, so if you charge me, for, for example, you get two charges off on me and I interrupt um, with the second squad, I can not only fight you, but then run away. And I count of not being in combat the next turn, obviously. So um, there's a lot of moments where I was just talked to someone yesterday on the Discord because they're asking for help against Rikari, where they're like, well, when you send that one attack by squad forward to kill the certain raider, you're pretty much sacrificing it. And I'm saying, absolutely not. Um, as long as I'm not going against like a net or something like that, um, or if you're feeling lucky, you can try against uh, Incubi and hopefully they don't get that, uh, the torment helmets off on you, but go up there, shoot them, charge something six, seven inches behind you closer to your deployment and fight and then spend a two CP and then run away 14 inches back to your deployment zone. So when, when people see things like that, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize the army could uh, manipulate the movement phase or the uh, saw phase as well as they can, but they're, they're actually quite well at it.
1: Yeah, a lot of those Raven Bing stratagems are I, I think a lot of them are not like staples that you use every game, but a lot of them have some really useful scenarios where if you just keep them in mind, you're gonna find an opportunity to use them and maybe
2: catch your opponent wrong footed. Absolutely. How many how many CPs do you start the game with?
0: Um the list I started at the GTS last week was nine.
2: Okay. So you you could actually make good use of those then, because that's a lot of CP. Oh yeah.
0: I I I try to build the list in a way where I, I get as much CP as I can. Um for me, uh, stratagems is is the key to winning the game because there's so many tricks that I can do and and put myself in a position that, that would look uh, unwinnable but turn into an advantageous position for me. So uh, I, I have to kind of watch what I send my CP on and what I'm doing because um, just like the trick I told you a minute ago where I can interrupt you and run away is four CP for that combo. Um, and And I've won plenty of games because of that. Like you get two charges off on me, Pick the one you want to kill, or try to kill at least. And I'm going to interrupt the runway with the other one. Um And that's that's like I said, like there's like John was saying, there's a lot of tools to the army, a lot of expression comes to stratagems, and you just have to you have to watch it.
2: Okay, well, before we go into the stratagems, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of your interesting choices in your army list. Uh, I mean, obviously, we understand with the. Um, command squads are for they're just to screen your characters we know what asriel does we know what talon masters do but let's talk about these landspeeder Vengeances because they're not something that i have seen um in any competitive list in a long long time so um i'd be curious to to figure out what you're using them for and and what their purpose is
0: well the biggest thing for me is and i was telling you earlier they're actually my favorite unit in the uh, the codex Um, the moment I go against the player, so, you know, I always share my list. I ask my opponents every single time, do you, do you know what these do? Um, I'll, they'll ask me what's the stratagems. I'm very open about what stratagem I can use and stuff like that. The moment I explain to them that uh, I'm almost always going to overcharge them, so they're always going to be a damage three, strength nine, um, but I can also spend two CP and, and make them damage four. Uh, when you're playing against somebody who has, like, uh, four wound models, such as Thunder Rift Cav, or even uh, Death Guard with Terminators, they're three wounds, minus one damage. They start to realize, oh, crap, this thing's getting up to six shots per turn, and they can just one-shot my guys that normally I stack wounds on. And they get a little bit nervous. So they'll deploy them not as aggressively as they as you normally see them. Or, um, for example, uh, this last turn I played in, uh, my space opponent, who's a very good opponent, I'm sure we'll get more of this later, he normally deploys his Thunder Rough Cav very much on the line, ready for first turn charges. Uh, but just for the fact that I could have went first, um and had these four damage weapons. Um he deployed them behind and tried to screen them and try not screen but uh protect them with terrain and it took all his first turn charges out of the board. So even if he went first, he he wasn't going to be able to get a guaranteed first turn charge on me. So they're very good damage output um not as reliable as I'd like it to be, but just their presence um dictates how how you, my opponents would deploy some of their models and how aggressive they'll be with them, which is fantastic.
1: Okay, I like that. Um, I love how, you know, you have all these different tricks, and you, you tell your opponent about them, but it can help them change their game plan. Um, out of curiosity, do you ever run into an opponent who kind of looks at them and is like, you know what, I'm just going to take it on the chin, where they kind of match your aggression with your aggression, or do you find that uh, a lot of other players will really go out of their way to respect it instead of just, uh, I guess, rolling the dice?
0: I've had uh, a few opponents that... that uh Wanted to match my aggression with him and just go on the line, and, um, and And unfortunately for me, both games I got first turn that happened and my uh, Vengeance just went off the hook and just did crazy amounts of damage both times, which was really enjoyable um, But majority of the time when they see that most players they, they they're they're very cautious They they try to deploy safely. They try to make sure, you know, you know, like, especially when we're playing at GTs um, You, you want to score every point you can, right? So a lot of players they won't take those chances for they don't, we won't swing for the fence. They'll want to deploy cautiously and, and try to protect their units to design to go after.
1: Okay, it's super interesting. Um, I like how that uh, how that works out. Then um, so other than uh, the uh, the land speeder vengeances, uh, attack bikes with multi I think I know what those are there for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, my question for you then would be actually about this chaplain. Uh the chaplain's not an uncommon choice, you know, especially on a bike as he is. Um he has the mantra of strength and the recitation of focus. What do you usually find his role is? How useful is he? What is he usually trying to do here?
0: Well, the this tournament um was the first time I've actually ran him with Raven Wing. Um like I was saying earlier, I generally run a Samuel with my list. And unfortunately my model did not get delivered in time for this tournament. Um so i was i ended up getting it the day before the tournament and i didn't want to rush his paint job on it so i just swapped out um a model and everything that's on there i gave him a rest focus because it gives you the plus one to hit and i'm trying to in a way manipulate uh the shooting phase like samuel allows me to do with his raven chapter master ability um but i also gave him strength so if i had the opportunity he could be useful into like a, a melee beat stick um obviously not as good if you gave him like the relic as well and make him four damage or anything like that but uh he gave me a lot of opportunities to um put pressure on the opponents try to use some of my tricks and shenanigans to um maybe tag something and not let it shoot or just try to bully people off objectives but at the main time he would f- i play my attack bugs very aggressively that's why sam was very important for my normalist it allows him to go forward and and, and manipulate the shooting. So okay. I'm just going to a bunch of messages to make sure it wasn't you guys. I apologize.
1: <laughs> no problem. Um, did you find that uh, the chaplain was worth his weight here, or do you think in the future you're going to go back to Samuel?
0: Um, he didn't underperform, really, but he wasn't as good as Samuel. I mean, Samuel has more bolter shots, um, that chapter master ability. When he charges... Uh, it's way more deadlier than the um, chaplain. I found out, and the most important thing about Samuel though is that he doesn't get bogged down like a, a chaplain bike can, um, mm-hmm. because he has the fly keyword and he has more movement. So I, I honestly think Samuel is is a better choice than the chaplain, but the chaplain's still a pretty good choice.
2: I mean Sammy Sammy also has that big plasma cannon which is kind of yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, oh, I forgot about that the, the, the D3 shots absolutely. Yeah. Um but uh, it's just like the fact that Sammy can't get bogged, he has the more movement. Um he's just Samuel in my opinion is one of the most underrated heroes we have. I see a lot of people who like don't respect him and uh when you get charged with that raven sword, you uh you see how good he can be. Um so I, I love Samuel a lot. I am I'm, I'm not trying to say that the Chapman's not very good. He's still a good choice, but when you're playing as aggressively as I am with the attack bikes, Samuel is the clear choice for me.
1: All right, I like it. Um, were there any other units that uh besides uh Samuel of course who were just on the edge in this list, maybe didn't quite make it in?
0: Um, I wanted to run more regular bike squads for OPSEC. That's one thing my list uh lacks very heavily. Um and I didn't run uh, right to war, and I, because normally I have all named characters, and you, you can't run right to war with them. Um, but uh, I, I like to have more attack bikes. It just with Jukaii, it's so hard to run normal bike squads because uh, you can't trade well with them. And Jukaii and Monster Match is the two uh, lists I struggled with the most before when I ran most Terminator bricks. And this list is designed where I can i I have the speed and the firepower to deal with both of those and trade with them. Um, and my list is surprisingly durable against shooting. So uh, I, that's the one thing I, I that I try to run more of and I just couldn't. I just couldn't justify it
1: okay, that, that makes sense though. Um yeah, I've liked the idea of the bike squats. Um I haven't quite worked them into my dark angel list yet. But it's one of the things that I'm hoping to test in the future. Just the option of having the fast opsec seems very useful, but uh, um, I haven't quite put it in there yet.
2: Have so, you? Sorry, no, have you have you given any thought to putting right soar on a master?
0: Uh, I thought about it. The problem is, is where I'm very aggressive with the rest of my units. The Talonmaster is the ones I generally am not aggressive with until the end of the game. Um. I don't know why, and I try to be more aggressive with them, but I always end up meeting them holding the back objectives or mid-objectives. And it's generally they're never with the attack blakes. And I can't explain why that balance with you. It just always seems how the games work out for me, and it feels like it would be um, a waste of a CP that I could use somewhere else. But it is an option.
1: Yeah, I've personally liked having rights of War on a Tilemaster just because it makes the objective he's on a lot harder to contest. It's hard to come out number him on the objective without charging him. And then, uh, of course, when you charge him, he gets the overwatch. And that actually does bring up my second question about these Masters. I d- don't see the Arbiter's Gaze on here. Oh, it's Are definitely you- not one of them. Oh, it's it's definitely on? oh, you know what? I just can't read. That's actually a better explanation. I,
0: I would never, if, if I'm running at least one talent Master, it's going to be at least Arbiter's Gaze on that one talent Master. It's too good of a strat, or, I mean, uh, relic not to have. Okay, so perfect. definitely on That makes me feel um,
1: much better. I was wondering what I was doing wrong.
0: Yeah, there's definitely an Arbor's gaze on there. Um And I get that, like, they do move 18 inches space, which is, like, super, super good. Um, And it's something I could look at in the future. But right now, with just the one OPSEC unit and uh, having Ezekiel, it hasn't been too much of an issue when I need to remove somebody off an objective. I can either usually clear them off there quite reliably um, or use my OPSEC bikes to just take it from them or just take OPSEC away from you and and just outnumber the models on there.
1: Okay, I like it. All right, well, uh, I think the next question I have is, uh what secondaries do you usually find yourself taking in gaming i know it'll uh, always change from opponent's ignition and whatever but uh, are there any staples that you really find yourself leaning into well
0: my my list is really built around five secondary choices um whenever i play and i make a list i always that's what sort of the first thing i look at like I get an identity of the list like how does it perform what's it going to do um and really comes down to there's one secondary i always take no matter what and that's going to be Death definitely Win, which is the dark angel one for um raven uh basically i get two points every time i kill a unit when my bikes when a raven unit moves over 12 inches or completes a charge so that's mm-hmm. super easy to max also um,
2: just just as a for our newer players that doesn't mean the model has to physically be 12 inches away from where it started any model that moves you can say spun around in circles yeah. um and went 12 inches right that,
0: so that that literally came up in our my final game against justin curtis um so yeah um A lot of people get that confused where they think that you have to move 12 inches from the point of mile to where it ends. And the only thing in FAQs that talks about that is for flyers. So the minimum movement. So um, that actually stopped our game for like 15 minutes as we had to have the TO look that up. But um, uh, So Death and the is very important for me. Um, Banners is really good um, because uh, Death uh, Wing Command squads, uh, they're really good at that (laughs) for me at least um also my characters do it a lot so a lot of people they see me like you don't have a lot of infantry well i have um two named characters on foot and i have the six terminators and they when i play against certain matchups uh taking banners has been a key for me because most people don't want to push into my lines for some reason um assassinate's also really good for me because with my speed um it's generally pretty easy to get up next to a character and just snipe them if i can't wipe the squad out uh beforehand um and then uh, engage on all fronts, obviously, for Ravenwing, it's it's very good as well. Uh, the only time I don't take that one is if I if I plan on being a KG trader, so like against like Dracari, uh, you're kind of forced to, in my opinion, to, I play to max my secondary, so if you're going to max um, engage, you pretty much have to have someone in all four quarters every turn, and sometimes you just can't do that against like uh, fast armies that can hit hard like Dracari. It's, it is good against a lot of armies out there, though, and then obviously uh, missions. Um, There's certain mission secondaries out there that are really good for uh, Ravenwing I'll take, um, depending on the deployments. And then uh, the last one would be uh, Deploy Scramblers as my fail-safe backup, but I I hate taking it. I absolutely hate taking Deploy Scramblers.
1: So here's another question for you about the secondaries. Um, Drukhari or... Jesus Christ... Dark Angels, that's the idea we're talking about today, Uh, (laughs) do have that option with secret agenda to conceal a secondary none of the ones that you mentioned really sound like ones that you want to hide. Do you ever find yourself using the secret agenda? Um,
0: No. Um, I have this mentality that if I'm going to play somebody and I'm going to beat you, I want to beat you at your best. And I know it's like a part strategy. You can hide it, but like, I'm very anti got you. I'm very anti anything hidden in it whatsoever. Um, it just me as my personality. And, you know, I get there could be some seconds there where it could be very tactically and be kind of cool dark angel to do. But I, I pretty much tell you from the get go, um what i want to do um for example if you look at the, the the match play against justin curtis um he was like deploying out his like uh, term air block out to try to hold multiple objectives and get like this easy charge on me and i was like hey just for your aware don't forget i have the stratagem where i can make you only fight what's in base with me so if you don't put enough guys in that charge and i do that there's a good chance you don't get my command squad so oh yeah thanks for reminding me like like that's just me as a person so i don't use that stratagem ever um uh, it, but I guess like it, there could be some good strategies out there, or not strategies, I'm sorry, secondaries to, to use that with, but it's just just not what I do.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And honestly, it's a good way to play the game. Yeah,
0: I try to I, I try to encourage that as much as I can, like play by intent, tell people what you want, don't get you and stuff. Um, I just find the games to be a lot more enjoyable that way.
2: Okay, Tom, we've we've talked a lot about sort of what, what's in your list and some of the secondaries that you prioritize. Let's talk a little bit about the stratagems. We've talked around them quite a bit but there is a lot of really interesting Ravenwing stratagems that I think John alluded to earlier. They're not necessarily every game, every turn, but they do break games open when they're well applied. Do you want to talk about a few of those and how you use them?
0: Yeah. Um, give me one quick second. So I can flip to this page and actually have the right names and not confuse people. Um, I'm one of those players that knows what the stratagem does and what it costs, but I just kind of like, I'm using one that gives me like plus one to hit, but uh that way I catch names. Um, there's one that's very situational. I don't use it often, um, but I've had it be effective in some games, which was like the Wrath of the Lion. Um, that's the two CP one, and that's kind of like a think of like an Ultraman tactic where, uh, whatever phase you're in, that that doctrine, those type of weapons have an additional AP of one on uh, unmodified rolls of six. That could be kind of useful if you're like low on models and you're really trying to clear some other ones. Um, one of them that is surprisingly still really good, even though I run minimum um, terminators, is uh, where is it at in here? I'm trying to find line unbreakable for one CP, um, and that's the one that basically says, "Hey, if you're not in base contact, um, you you don't get the half of a half. You just have base have to be in an action engagement range." Um, so I've had things before um, you get like a thirty man demonettes charge into my two man terminators. And it should slaughter them and then i pop that and now you're only getting like six guys fighting me and my command squad survives so that one's like super good one of my favorites in the book actually is full throttle um it's one cp for my list because i don't have anything over five models my army is complete msu uh basically after a raven unit my army advances i they can they make another move up to 12 inches and what I really like about that one is, if you look at my Apothecary, it has the uh, Reliquary Rependant on it. So that's the um, Rolex that says, hey, anything within three inches can't have more or better than a five-up invuln. And he's kind of like my anti-monster anti, uh, mash guy. So a lot of times people will look at it and they'll try to keep like their Maggie or anyone that's big and protected. The big birds with like the three-up invuln. And uh, he just runs up there gets next to you and then everything just lights them up. Which is pretty good. Um, we got uh, targeting guidance, which is really cool. A lot of people don't realize it, but the Vengeances and tile Masters have the land speeder keyword. So you can pop this one here, and then basically when they shoot at a unit, um, they have to be within 18 inches. was one of the keywords a lot of people mess up. But everything else in my army gets plus one to the hit roll against that target. So... Um, it's a really good way of buff. It's one of the very few ways you can buff Vengeance's attacks, which is kind of cool. So if I'm trying to uh, shoot like a Termi Brick or something like that and I want to make sure my Vengeance is hit, um, I'll pop that one. The most useful for me, though, um, is going to be Swift Strike. the one we were talking about earlier. So um, after one of my Ragnarok units has fought in the combat phase, I spend 2 CP, and they immediately get to fall back as if it was the movement phase. Um, and this is the one that John was alluding to that's basically another way of getting out of combat and still being able to shoot next turn. Um, it's just super useful, and uh, I use it a, not just defensively, but offensively, like I was saying earlier. Uh, if I'm trying to get a unit back to my deployment zone that I originally had moved up to be aggressive and, and kill something, I can charge something behind them towards the uh, thing. So get 6-7 inches, toward back towards my deployment zone, do the pylon for 3 inches, and then run away for another... Um, uh, 14 inches, which is super good. Was um, on turn one, right? Um, yeah, if it's still turn one, absolutely. Um, and then you have the hunt, which is the pregame movement. Um, that one is very situational. Um, it's two CP. Uh, but what's really good about that is um, when somebody has like a, a target that you really want to kill, and it's like a big durable target, and you have a chance of doing it with some tack bikes, you can move your bikes up, get them in a range, and and really put yourself to be aggressive no matter what turn one um i have used it once before when i had one of my tag bikes super aggressive to start with um and i didn't get first turn and i was able to run them back um because i feel like i, I didn't want to give up a free attack bike squad and it was costly for two cp but uh, it's it's a pretty good stratagem as well and then you have the whole slew of space stratagems, which i'm sure everyone already knows those so
1: yeah i think my my favorite of the space marine ones at least for this army is a one CP strat to fall back and shoot with either a land speeder or a biker keyword unit. It, that's the hit, hit and run one, right? Yeah. It's basically it, everything in the army, right? At this point, yes, other than it, command squads.
0: And my characters. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's a super good one as well. Um, I, I use that and the swift strike the most out of all the stratagems.
1: Okay. So there's one stratagem that I didn't hear you mention. That, that's one that I really like to use. And uh, that's the one command point stratagem to put a unit within six inches of your warlord into a different doctrine.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the reason why I don't use that one a lot is because uh, Ezreal can do that for free.
1: Yeah, I, he totally can. I just usually do it twice. <laughs> yeah, I like to like I, I like to put both tile masters into that doctrine on turn two. He definitely
0: um, can do that. Um, I generally don't have them near him a lot. I usually have one or two units um i did i do use that one sometimes that is a good one and i also didn't call it weapons of the dark age which is two cp give a plasma weapon an extra damage so that's how i get the uh vengeance to uh the four damage uh uh yeah,
1: four damage is a sweet sweet spot there especially yes. uh with a lot of the the tougher like tornado based armies that we've seen mm-hmm. recently come out that is a great place to be
0: uh, you you see a lot of uh three wounds minus one damage you see it on other uh Dark Angel, which you see it on, Death Guard. Uh, I think that minus one damage is going to be kind of a staple for f- Armors in the future as well. So it, to be able to get something to four damage flat is pretty good. As I mentioned, it's also really reliable damage against other things like um, even Knights. You will Knights on threes. Every failed Involence, just four damage is flat, which is, is pretty, it's pretty spicy.
2: Yeah, the other thing I like to use that uh, moves somebody back to Dev Doctrine is it's pretty cool to make an attack bike squad able to advance additional plus 3 inches because of the speed of the Raven, and then still fire. Um, You can really make some plays with that that people are not expecting, right? Because they they think you can move 14 and shoot 24, but you can actually move 23 and shoot 24. Mm -hmm. You'll
0: you'll see me do that a lot with uh, turns 2 and turns 3. I always try to keep one attack bike within 6 inches of Azrael. Specifically for that reason, not only is he looking and says, "Okay, you're getting four rerolls," because when you do that, you have the minus one to hit, but now they're still very fast, twenty-three inches. So I always try to rotate attack bikes back and forth to to keep that going. And technically, with um Dark Angels, you can do that up to three times. You can get the free Azreal, the one CP one, and the two CP from the the standard Space Marine one. You can actually get three, all three units back into Devastator Doctrine if you wanted. Okay,
2: that would, that's, that that that's would be quite. Recommend that would be quite a haymaker like say you just ended up on turn one you didn't have anything good to kill with attack bikes you played really conservative with them and then your opponent felt safe to move up a little bit you know and then you just put three attack bike squads back into dev doctrine ran 23 inches and blew them up a boy a boy can dream
0: yeah that is gonna be three cp for that that's uh it's it's pretty expensive but it can happen (laughs) yeah
1: all right i liked it um i think um let me think here. Um, my last question would be um, Dark Angels kind of have access to a lot of good relics. Um, did you ever think about doing any of the more melee entered ones, or were you pretty happy just because you have so many uh, named characters? Were you happy with the relic availability you had, or was there anything else that you thought you kind of left on the
0: table? I, I thought about running like Heaven's Blade or a few other things. Um, but when I found myself spending CP and getting down to like the six or seven CP starting range, my list just didn't perform most of the time because I was constantly running out of CP. Um, so I, I have to try to be very conservative of what I spend CP on because the army does require a very strong presence in the command f- or the command phase and strategy and stuff like that. So um, I, tr- I try to m- min-max everything I can and run things as bare bones as possible. And, and I find out like Azrael has a pretty sweet sword. Sammy has a sweet sword. Even Ezekiel, a librarian, has a really sweet sword um so i generally and then i have the the six terminators i generally don't need the extra weapons on um like the Talon masters for example um there has been times like oh man i really wish i had that two damage weapon on this guy right now but um and, and the realm where they make you decide these when you turn in your list now and you don't know longer get to pick that before the game it's generally better for me not to take it for most of my matchups
2: how do you how do you find the apothecary do you find he's he's really really good for you
0: uh the Posse carry is amazing in my opinion um being able to to move 14 inches and, and still revive things um being on a bike squad and being able to take that relic and uh i've had a game this is my my favorite move i've ever done for my dark Angels. i started playing them i went against some monster mash so It was like mortarian magnus and uh uh three keepers and a whole bunch of demonettes i a Trevis league games and he just went super aggressive with me and put Martarian and uh, Magnus up front, and I literally just ran my path carry within three inches of both Martarian and Magnus. And he's like, "Well, you're going to sacrifice your path carry," and I was like, "Absolutely!" And between all my shooting, I picked up both uh, Maggie and Martarian because they couldn't have better than a five-up invul. Um, it was just—it was awesome. So I, I love the path carry. I love his his threat of being able to get to you. Um, against the term I just played and I played against Ryan Snyder first round. and um looking at his you know his uh, shield captain and like, yeah, you don't have a three up in, we'll need a five up. It was great. But even then, like him being able to move fourteen inches and revive bikes, heal up to two people per turn. He does that a lot. When I'm playing like a a durable MSU list, there's a lot of times I'll get my tag bikes down to two or three bikes left. Uh, or even have him with one. I've had plenty of times where I've had attack ta- bite onto its last attack bike with its last two, and he's like, oh, you're full wounded, and here's another attack bike.
2: Yeah, that's that's backbreaking. Um, another thing that I think is really interesting about that reliquary, which is uh, one of the Dark Angel relics, moves people to a five up invul. It, a lot of people think that it was better in eighth edition, but I actually think it's been buffed. And one of my favorite uses for it is to get rid of that stupid uh, Archon field. With the two up invul, you're just like no, your guy's yeah. di- your guy is dying. You're not going to dice yeah. me out of this. He's dead. Um,
0: I, I, it, it's good in so many matchups, and and don't get me wrong. There's going to be matchups where you're like, man, this guy only has five up invul, so like, I wish I had the old one. Uh, but even even in those matchups, I, I still don't say that because like too many times you've gone against like for like an army who, like has to go against Magnus like 18 wounds right. He's 18 wounds right. If I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, with a three up invul. And the ability to re-roll things, sometimes he can just be a pain. He just doesn't fail any of them. And then you're just like, okay, now he's going to be doing, like, 2d6 mortal wounds to me and all the other things he does, and I just can't handle him. Or even more, tearing, he has a 4-up. but Take him to a 5-up. You think about it, you're taking him from a 50% success rate in his invulnes to a 33%. That's massive. And a lot of people don't even realize that one shift in um custodes, like... Going up to somebody who has like uh, two shield captains or the bike squad that normally has like a four up, and you're like, oh, they all have just five ups now. Like, here's a whole bunch of melted guns and plasma. Like, it's so good. It's literally, in my opinion, the best relic in the Dark Angels Codex. I think it's one of the best relics in the entire game, in my opinion.
2: It is really, really good uh, insurance in certain matchups. So I actually kind of like the idea of you having access. To- you can tell me if this is correct or incorrect but you have access to more cps because you're using more named characters which is actually saving you cps because you don't have to like pay f- cps for relics mm-hmm. for them to make them effective in combat they're already beaters
0: uh, the thing is that's that's one of the reasons why i take the named characters they're already beaters they bring a lot of utility to the to the tabletop for me and as Equi said everything in my list is designed to save as much cp as possible um i bare bones everything i, I min max everything i can um, I don't like have any point sinks whatsoever, whether that's like actual physical points or even c p points now um and I mean, if you think about all three of them like if I was to take a normal character, I would have to spend c p to make them semi as good as these characters, but you know these characters in my opinion, I think dark angels. Behind Blood Angels have out of the Space Marines at least have the second best pointed out uh, named characters in my opinion. They just they're fantastic for what they do.
1: Oh, I like them even more than the Blood Angel ones.
0: <laughs> I think the Blood Angel ones are actually pointed out better. Unfortunately for them, there are things like uh, Death Guard exists that just kind of ruin the mechanic of the army right now. But I think on a point for point in what they do, I think the Blood Angels slightly more better. But I do like the overall success of the Dark Angels better now. That's for we I'm just ta- I was just talking about a point level at that.
2: Point. I mean. Are we really having an argument about whether we like pie or cake better? Come on, guys. Yeah. They're, both, they're both delicious and totally yeah. fine the way they are. Yeah.
1: So I had one other question about your army that uh, I kind of want to bring up, because this was something I had my own problems with, which, obviously, you've got the command squads, So I'm really just kind of asking how effective they are, because one of the problems I ran into when I tried uh, an all-raven army was that all of the units were very small in size, And I kind of hit an awkward point where since I'm made out of like three-man units, three-man bike squads, you have one four-man bike squad. I occasionally ran into a trouble where it would only take one or two casualties before suddenly my characters were just being shot. And, you know, once once I realized that was a problem, I, of course, tethered them to the command squads. But the command squads have to actually be there. Do you find yourself walking the command squads around the table most of the time? Do you ever deep strike them? How do you like to play these command squads to get the best character protection out of them?
0: Um, two of them are always minimally um, deployed, always minimally. Um, especially if I play against someone that uh, stacks like ignore line of sight shooting, or has the speed I do, and he can maybe get line of sight in one of these command squads and get my characters. Um, I, I, my list is literally—it doesn't look like it. It is literally hero hammer. Like it, it, it is—it's the success is built around all my characters. Um, letting them die would just crumble my list. I'd rather lose my attack bikes or adventures before I lost my characters. Um, sometimes I'll deep strike the um third squad, and usually that time happens, it, it, there's a lot of factors coming to that. Is the army I'm playing fast? Can they scream me out? Well, um, what are the objectives looking like? Uh, and what's my deployment looking like in the train? If I can deploy them far out in my in my own deployment and still like, hey, I always look at, can I get to that objective? with a regular movement, um, or can I get there with an advance, right? Depending if I'm playing banners or not. Um, and when I'm deploying, I always have this weird thing when people watch me deploy. Before I put my first mod on, there's like a three-minute silence for me. I'm looking at their deployment, the train, the army, my army, my terrain, my deployment, and I'm already telling myself where I want my townmaster, Sammy, and my character to be turn two, turn three. So I if I can put one of those command squads in a very safe position where they can't get shut up early easily, and it's going to be able to walk there either with a regular walk or an advance, once again, depending on if I'm running banners or not, because I, if I'm running banners, I'm always going to see if I can get there just a regular walk if I can still put the banner up. Um, that's how I look at it. If if I, if I can't do that, then I try a deep strike one where I can get somewhere. But once again, if you're playing an army that's super fast and is very good at screening, I won't do that. It just it's completely dependent on what I'm playing and what I'm playing on. But that's definitely a tool you could do because a Terminator's deep is awesome. But uh, they they're I think for eighty points they're absolutely amazing. Um, I, I'd like to play the ninety point versions with two Thunderhammer Storm shields, Um, But unfortunately, I needed the thirty points because my, my list is so anti points. Think it's like every little bit of point is important to me. Like drop trying even trying to get ten points is is basically dropping a squad.
1: Okay, makes sense. That sounds a lot like how how I ended up playing them. Uh, I definitely prefer keep them on the table and just trying to you know run them around or walk if, as you said, I'm trying to get yep. a banner up. But um, okay, so you've been able you've been able to protect the characters just by catering at all times towards the characters must life
0: Yeah, like it's it's pretty awesome. Like if I if I'm playing against something with like an L-shaped ruin or a good line sight blocker, um, you will always see uh, that character or not the character, but the two-man command squad at the corner of that building. They maximize their three inches. Um, and then you'll see me poke my characters on the other side of the wall of it safely as long as like, they don't have snipers or um, like guaranteed first-turn charges. They allow me to be very aggressive and deploy my characters in the open without any worry, and they could be the closest model for all I care as long as I don't have snipers, because the bodyguard rule. So they're just awesome. Um, the, uh, like I said earlier, they're, they are like the linchpin of my list because a lot of the shenanigans and strategy I, I pull off on my, my army is dependent on my characters surviving. And like you said, when when you're playing Ravenwing and you're running three man squads, even four man squads, you kill one or two models, and they're no longer protected. So they're 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 great.
2: Okay, yeah. All right. So before we move on to episode two, where we get into how to play this monstrosity on the table, which I'm actually looking very forward to being a Dark Angels player myself, um, I did want to ask you one last question. Uh, what were some things that didn't make the cut in the list? Are some things that you're considering for the list? And then I have a I, I, there's there's a there's a model I want to talk to you about. Just get your thoughts on. So, All right.
0: um, well, obviously we we hit on a couple of times. Um, the chaplain's out of my list. Um, it was he he did great. I my buddy let me use this Chaplin, and it was like one of the best painted models I've ever seen. So, got lots of props on his model for Rich's chaplain. It was it was amazing to be able to feel that that beautifully painted thing. Um, but Sammy's he just has come back to my list. Um, he's been great, and to the games I have played. Um just brings too much utility not to take them. Um things I'd like to try to figure out, and, and I'm I'm hoping to see the meta change a little bit from the, the mass of armies of Dracari everywhere. Um even though I've done really well against Dracari, to build my list to sustain against them and trade well against them, um it weakens me against other armies, especially like uh, custodes, for example. while I can still do good against his list, there's certain builds of custodes that give me a trouble because they're just OPSEC everywhere and they're super durable um or even the uh, double OPSEC necrons could be an issue for me um so i'd like to get more more bike squads in here regular bike squads but uh that's dependent on once we see Orcs sisters um and uh Admech coming out um, cuz right now i have to have firepower trade with Drakari. if you don't if you don't bring enough firepower to be able to lose some of it and still trade with them and if you go second it just you lose right now um but that's the things I'm thinking about my list right now, but it, everything is dependent on what the new meta looks like in what three, four months from now.
2: That's cool. One model I've been thinking about I'd like to hear both of your guys because I feel like I'm being crazy right now, but I feel like Lazarus is an underrated character because he's very cheap. Um, he gives you a buff that isn't always relevant, but he always fights on death, so you almost always get your value out of him. Um, and then he gives you another reroll, reroll aura, which is not bad. Um, he's a decent beater in combat.
0: Well, you haven't and, hit his most important rule yet. What's that? That five plus plus plus, the film of pain against mortals.
2: Yeah, I said that's not always relevant, but it's really good when it, oh. when you do have it, right?
0: Oh, um, uh, I didn't even hear you mention it. My bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that was the first thing I mentioned, oh. but I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't uh, enunciate that very well. That's my bad. But I just think I think he's sort of an underrated character. I'd never see any Dark Angels list with him. And I'm like, this guy seems like he's just really efficient for his points.
0: I I would agree with you on that one. Um, When I was running the uh, Terminator Brick list, I had Lazzie in my list. Um, I loved him. But I'm also a Black Templar player, so I'm used to having 5++++ plus against Mortal Wounds, and it sucks not having it when you get hit with someone that just spams it. Um, You have Thousand Suns coming out soon, so I think you'll see him be picked up Quite often for dark angel players because uh, more wounds fans probably coming back,
1: yeah, I kind of explored the idea of using him because uh, I was writing some uh, some Lazarus lists for like team turn or some dark angel lists for like team tournaments, and I was thinking that if I'm doing a team tournament and people get to kind of gun for my dark angels. having Lazarus in the list would be pretty darn useful. Uh, honestly, you know, I don't really rate that uh, that fight on death much, but now that I think about it, in, like a Drukari meta where your characters, if they're dying, it's probably dying to incubi jumps out of a boat and you know jumps you fighting on death with that would be just a, a really good way to like okay you, you finally got him after you for a couple of turns but i'm going to get you right back right away and i'm not going to put any resources into it yep
2: yeah. that was the, that was the conclusion i can't that Trukari is the one that actually brought me to him uh i was just like because i was getting so frustrated because it felt like i was trading my characters for nothing often
0: uh, he also but in my opinion you see a lot of people running um like Volkites and other Mortal wound spammers as well, uh, to the answer when everyone was afraid of Dark Angels when they first came out, because like, all oh, these Terminators are absolutely broken. And then everyone switched to Mortal Wounds spam, like you hear Chesser every week, and hey, yeah, bring Volkites, bring Mortal Wounds. He's very good for that that metal of a type of list. Um, but until we see Dark Angel's players switch back to that, I don't think he's viable right now, unfortunately, um, in my opinion, but uh, we'll see. Um, uh, unfortunately for those players, most opponents, like if you just ignore that brick that moves five inches and you hit it with things like half the movements and stuff like that, they don't do anything.
1: Mm -hmm. That is the big problem with those term makers. They can
0: be slow. There's lots of ways of doing it.
2: Okay. Well, I think we've had a pretty good discussion. We understand what's in the list, why it's there, what the overall (laughs) strategy is and it's time for us to think about. Part two. John, did you have any more questions for Tom before we move on to really getting into the dirty details of optimal play?
1: I didn't have any questions for this part of the episode, but I did want to give uh Thomas a, a chance just to see if he had anything you wanted to pitch. Thomas, uh, is there anywhere people can find you if they like your, you know, your sultry tones? Or is there anything you want to plug?
0: Um, well, uh, Chester talks about it a lot, but uh, we run a uh, circuit up in the Midwest. Um, we just ran Motor City Mayhem, which was sold out with 60 people on the waiting list. Um, it was a great event. We run a lot of tournaments up there. Uh, we have an RTT that sold out. We opened more spots, sold out again, opened up more spots. And then I tell everyone that we're not opening anymore because we have 52 people for an RTT. And that just leaves too many undefeated. So we're talking about um, running um, bi-monthly GTs now. And uh if if everyone wants to chat or hit me up, you can find me in the the Death or Glory Discord. It's like uh six hundred players, I think, on there for the Midwest. That's a very active Discord. Um anyone can advertise anything on there. We don't run it as like a team Discord, it's literally a community discord. So we have people who offer their own services. They they link their other they link their their own discords on there. It's just open for the community. Um but yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell where you can find me if you want. All
2: right, perfect. All right, everyone patrons we'll see you all in episode two everyone else we'll see you next week peace and love like what you just listened
0: to check out art of war down under where we break down armies and new rules the art of war 40k.com this episode was brought to you by the competitive 40k network